welcome to episode 52 of Friends and Film, a podcast where we talk about the latest movie news and theatrical releases. I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by Josh Straley. On this episode, we're going to talk about Alien Covenant trailer, a crazy Rogue One theory, Carrie Fisher, Deadpool and Logan, and more, all before we preview 2017. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes at Friends and Film. Josh? Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. Yeah. That's when you'll be hearing this. Hope everyone had a great holiday and is doing well. How are you doing, Cooper? I'm doing uh, pretty good, as usual. Uh, another week off. Still Christmas season, kind of. Yes, Ushering sir. in the new year tonight. Uh, having a chance to watch any movies this week, since we are not reviewing one. I did have a chance to. I actually got the two Oscar movies from 2015, 2014, that I missed. And it was uh, Her. Okay. Um, Phoenix... Joking Phoenix yeah, and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Yes, uh, that that movie about falling in love with an artificial intelligence while they are out there uh, solving the world's problems and stuff. It was weird but interesting and kind of says a lot about today. And then I finally got The Imitation Game under my belt. Oh, okay. And I love Benedict Cumberbatch, and I thought that was just a good movie. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, I got a chance to uh, watch a movie from this year that I missed, uh, Race, uh, an early release this year about oh, right. uh, Jesse Owens mm-hmm. uh, and his Olympic run. Really good. Stephen James in the lead I thought was was excellent. Uh, I watched it just like on cable or something like through Stars or HBO or something. Uh, really good film. Uh, another one. I watched Moana again for the second time. Uh, got even better. Songs were just as good. Uh, story was just as good. Yeah. It continues to climb up my favorite movies of this year. I watched... Uh, Taxi Driver, because uh, I bought it recently oh, wow. for the 40th anniversary. That's throwback. Uh, yeah, and like, it's just so good. Like Scorsese in it, and De Niro, De Niro just doing yeah. his voiceover and his transformation into being like a crazy killer and stuff. It's it's so good. Uh, and then I uh, just this morning watched Hell or High Water again, another 2016 release, uh, and again just as good as uh, the time before. Uh, still one of my favorites of the year. Uh, but it hasn't been a great week. Uh, no, yeah. By all accounts, uh, as probably the one of the worst ways we could have ended 2016. Uh, the news came out uh, on what was it Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday night actually. Yeah. Uh, that Carrie Fisher had passed away at the age of 60. Uh, Josh, we. What do you have to say about this? I guess. I, I mean, I can't. I uh, I was I was almost in shock that day mm-hmm. because I mean it should never I mean we've never had any illusion of health problems with Carrie that has had that I've known of I mean she's had her battles with things uh, throughout life but um, to see somebody that was a part of like you know like the one of the foundations of like my childhood and then just like experience and movies and um, the, the a, a thing a thing I love uh, pass away. Uh, it really sucked, and it came on the heels of me like, yeah, I just I can't imagine what, what uh, her family's going through, and it sucks. Yeah, uh, I mean, she had her heart attack last weekend on Sunday, uh, yeah, and that was kind of when we were everybody just kind of put in shock, like, oh no, like, of course, twenty sixteen is going to do this, and then. She was taking the hospital, and it seemed from all reports that she was okay and she mm-hmm. was going to be fine. Uh, but the fact was that she was never off of life support, and then 
she she just passed on Tuesday. Um, really unfortunate, really tragic. Uh, I'm, we will all miss her as Leia. Uh, that's definitely the role she's most recognizable for. But uh, long filmography as a and then working as like a script doctor. Yeah. Uh, I've seen lots of stories about her work on the Star Wars movies and rewriting lines for not only Leia but other characters, and then just rewrite other movies as well. Um, a really it, great author too, by the yes. way. Yes, um, I just finished her book, The Princess Diarists, and uh, have postcards from the edge on the way, and they're all funny, full of wit, and just kind of outrageous as she was yeah. <laughs> over the last couple of years. So um, it was really awful to have that news come this week. Yeah, but uh, we will try to turn this uh, 2017 around a little bit with this first episode of the new year. Uh, but we're going to get to some news before we preview the year ahead in film. Uh, if you want to go straight to our lists, there will be a timestamp in the description of this episode. But hopefully you will stick around for some news. Uh, we're going to kick it off with the flyby as usual. And Wes Anderson, uh, his next movie, Isle of Dogs, officially got a 2018 release date this week. Yeah, he's getting back to the animation, which... Uh, I like, um, and he's got a sweet cast lined up for this. Brian Cranston, Jeff Goldblum, Scarlett Johansson, Yoko Ono, who does is still out there doing stuff, <laughs> Bill Murray, and Tilda Swinton. Oh, and of course, Ed Norton as the dog Rex, who's the star of this. Uh, I'm so stoked. Yeah, I don't know much about the movie, um, but I like Wes Anderson as a director, so I'm I'm totally on board for yeah, this a, whenever a boy's it hits dog gets lost and he, you know, has to go out and search for it in a boat. So here we go. Simple story. Uh, another story that's going to get told is Neil Armstrong's story being the first man on the moon. Uh, the movie's going to be called First Man. It's going to be directed by Damien Chazelle. And now Variety is reporting that he will be reteaming with his La La Land star, Ryan Gosling, uh, who is now set to play Neil Armstrong. I am so mad I haven't seen La La Same. Land yet. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds great. Yeah. Whiplash was good. That's the movie I've seen. Whiplash uh, was amazing. So if there's and carryover, I think, we're, I think we're in for a treat. Yeah, I'm excited to see him take a step away. I still obviously haven't seen La La Land, but I'm dying to see it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just excited to see Chazelle take a step away from music and kind of broaden his horizons. Um, tell a space biopic, I think should be really cool. Uh, I just want to, I want to see this story told with these two men. Yeah. And you know, got to give a shout out to my fellow Ohioan there. <laughs> so, uh, uh, hidden figures. I haven't seen that yet either. That looks good too. Yes, it does. But, uh, but moving to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Natalie Portman is not going to be reprising her role as Jane Foster in next year's, or I guess this year's, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, but she was interviewed by Deadline, and when she, they were at when she at when the, when she was asked if she would be returning at any point in the future. She played it kind of coy, like, oh, you never know. It's possible. Hmm. Uh, do you think we'll ever see her play Jane Foster again? I, I think we will, but um, I don't find it essential that she comes back, uh, especially since Thor is kind of they're finally getting out there and doing some pretty sweet stuff in space. Yeah, I think uh, I'd be pretty surprised if she ever came back. Uh, in, the, in like the interview, she just completely bashed the whole big budget type uh, franchises where you work with a lot of green screen and blue oh, screen and right. uh 
she obviously had a bad experience with Star Wars and the prequels. Uh, and that's obviously affected her moving forward. And she kind of just says, it's a lot from an actor's perspective to have to not only imagine the character, but then you have to imagine your entire surrounding the world and everything. And it's just a lot easier to act when there's physical sets and people in front of you and stuff. But mm-hmm. so I don't think she'll come back. They've alluded to her in the couple uh, movies, but I don't think there's a necessary reason for her to come back unless you're going to do the, the storyline where she becomes Thor, which seems like an idea they wouldn't even touch for many years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I'm very excited for Ragnarok and to see Thor in space for basically an entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's the path that they'll follow should Thor Ragnarok be successful, uh, which leaves little room for Jane Foster. Um, but sticking with superheroes, moving to the DC side, however, Henry Cavill and Dwayne Johnson uh, on Christmas both teased uh, something potentially very interesting Ooh. for the DCEU. Uh, where they both uh, shared a picture of both of them having a drink on Christmas. Uh, where their families came together to celebrate, but uh, in the caption, they used the hashtag DC Worlds Will Collide. So, <gasps> is it possible that Superman and Black Adam are going to be meeting face to face on the big screen anytime soon? I, if The Rock wants it, The Rock's going to get it. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's not like Warner Brothers has a pl- we has a good plan or a solid plan as i think anything could happen what do you think of this man yeah i think they they would be foolish they already have the rock signed on to play black adam yeah there has been absolutely no word about shazam ever since he was announced to join like 2014 uh so i don't think i am not necessarily convinced that that movie is actually going to happen so i think instead they'll put black adam in man of steel 2 make him the villain that would be awesome put him in justice league 2 or something else uh it would just make more sense uh because you're not going to sign one of the most or one of the biggest stars in hollywood currently yeah uh and then not use him be like oh we're not gonna do shazam so you're you're off your contract rock right yeah because then marvel just go okay well uh we'll cast you in this role and Mm -hmm. then it'll 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 work out great and then (laughs) yeah i don't i just don't think it makes any sense for them not to use him in any capacity so i think that in some capacity we will ultimately see the two of them cross paths yeah if you have the sexiest man alive for 2016 (laughs) on contract you're gonna use him in one way or another is he the sexiest man alive in this year? Yeah, he got it. I thought it was Ryan Reynolds. I think that was last year. Not oh. that I would know or keep track right. of this, but if, I think it was because The Rock was. I mean, and The Rock is. I mean, know. it wouldn't have surprised me either way, but yes. <laughs> uh, either way, the sexiest man alive is in a superhero movie, so there's something for you guys. Sure thing. Uh, but we got one cool trailer this week because uh, pretty much no other trailers came out because it was the holidays. Mm-hmm. But it was a Christmas gift to all of us. The first trailer for Alien Covenant was released. Uh, it was dark. It was violent. It was very, very bloody. Uh, scary, in fact. Uh, I was totally on board for this. Uh, and you may hear me talk about it more. Come our most anticipated list. Yeah, like holy smokes. Talk about getting back to the roots of the roots of the Alien franchise. And albeit I've only seen two if you count Prometheus. Yeah. So Aliens and Prometheus. Prometheus was like You haven't action. seen Alien? I haven't seen Aliens. 
Alien, Aliens. Alien is the first one. Aliens is the sequel. Isn't there's a third one too? Called Alien 3. Yes. And then there's Alien Resurrection. And then there's the and then there's Alien vs Predator right. one yeah. and two or yeah, yeah. get, get, get <laughs> those, those out of here. Count. But anyway, this looks so cool. I mean, it's dark. You said it. It's creepy. People are screaming bloody murder for their lives. There's blood being splattered in just about every scene. If there's not an explosion there, um, and it, I guess story wise, looks like we're getting the prequel to Alien. Yeah, which and, is, I mean, it makes sense. I mean. Really, Scott's kind of been saying this is the one that's going to connect it all. It's going mm-hmm. to connect Prometheus and the original movies, and I think it, it makes sense to do that. And they'd be honestly like, it wouldn't make sense for them not to do that. But my biggest question, like overall, is though, what is um, the Michael Fassbender doing back at Abstergo Entertainment <laughs> in that huge <laughs> white room with the piano? Like, yeah. What is it like a prison or? Uh, well, that is his. Uh, Mind Palace? He plays, well, he plays two different uh, androids in this movie. Oh. So he's, uh, in Prometheus, he's David, and mm-hmm. then at the end of the movie, spoilers alert, uh, he goes off with uh, Naomi uh, Rapace, yep. and presumably, or reportedly, they are also going to appear in this film. Uh, but then he also plays uh, another more advanced uh, android that is part of the Covenant crew, and so I'm guessing that that one that's in the white room is that version, which I can't remember the name of. Okay. So David is like a C-3PO type thing, but he's like has different models of himself. They yeah. just use the same face. Exactly. Ah, oh, got it. So yeah, he's like, David is like version 2.0 and then mm-hmm. the other one's version 8.0 or something. Cause it's yeah. like, it's like 10 years uh, since Prometheus or something. So I think it looks very, very cool. I'm super uh, look, looking forward to this film. But speaking of Fassbender, we may not see him back in the X-Men universe because uh, he was talking to the Empire Film Podcast. And uh, when he they asked him if he was going to return as Magneto, if he knew, he said, quote, uh, he said, I have no idea what's happening next with the franchise, to be honest. So... Do you think we'll see Fastbender back again as Magneto? Uh, I it's a, it's so hard to say because Fox doesn't sound like they know what they're doing. Um, we don't know about James McAvery. We don't know about J Law. Um, they said they've all signed a Suicide Pact to mm-hmm. sign or not sign, but New Mutants is going forward. So I'm just throwing my hands up at this point, man. Yeah. Yeah, I've I would be pretty surprised. I think honestly, for Fastburner to come back, uh, maybe especially in like the next X Men movie, maybe mm-hmm. he could come back in three movies from now, and he'll be a little older. He'll be closer. He'll be like in between the young and the uh, Patrick Stewart or not Patrick Stewart, Ian the, McKellen, Ian McKellen yeah. uh, age. Sure, and so he'd be more of a fit there. But I just don't think I'm tired of seeing Magneto be. The bad guy, oh, but I'm going to be the good guy again, but right. I killed a bunch of people and then I'm going to leave. Um, I'm just tired of seeing that story played out over and over again. Definitely. So I want to see something new. I'm excited for New Mutants. I think everything we're hearing about that movie sounds uh, very cool. Yeah, Demon Bear. Yeah, right. Demon Bear and all like just the younger, new casts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't. I just don't think Fastbender necessarily wants to jump back in to this. I feel like he had a good time with one and two, the third one probably not as much, even though he still did a 
great job in all three of the films. Yeah. Um, I think after Assassin's Creed uh, mightily stumbled at the box office and Apocalypse also got very mixed to negative reception. Uh, he's probably looking elsewhere for his uh, franchises such as Alien. Uh, so I, I don't think that this is something that we're going to see ever again. Probably not. Uh, he was great and he was probably, I mean, one of the better parts. I would say him, uh, James McAvery, and then, you know, Quicksilver in the last two. But yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not his performance. I just think it's the way that they're using him. Yep. Um, but moving on to Star Wars, mm-hmm. we got a interesting fan theory that uh, reemerged a couple of weeks ago, starting to gain traction again, that attempts to bring Rogue One, a Star Wars story, back together with Episode 7 and 8 and 9 and who knows what else uh, in a pretty big way because the theory is that the Rogue Squad, consistent of uh, Jyn Erso, Kazdian, or Kazdian, uh, Chiru Emway, uh, Bodhi Rook, and Baze are actually the Knights of Ren what? in Episode 7. So uh, we posted the full explained video on our Twitter uh, page. I don't remember if it's on our Facebook page, but uh, definitely go over to our Twitter page. You can find it there. But basically the theory uh, rests on the art of the Force Awakens book that was released post uh, the release of Episode 7, where there's a detailed uh, uh, drawing of the Knights of Ren that surround Kylo in Rey's dream sequence. And each of them have a character name, and then you can see the kind of their design and stuff. And for each one, there is a close-ish uh, you know, depiction to somebody from yeah. the Rogue One squad. Um, do you think that there's any chance this is legit? Yeah, okay. So, I mean... I- I watched this go up on the Twitter page and I was like, oh, okay, kind of cool. Or I didn't watch it. But then once you told me about it, I'm like, all right, I got to get on mm-hmm. this. Um, but it was put up by Film Theory uh, by Matthew Patrick. And uh, it, it sounds like it has a ton of legs. You watch him go through, um, I mean, at least identify each individual person and how it corresponds. And I'm like, this could totally be it. But this was put out before Rogue One hit theaters. And as we all know, they all die. Yeah. And uh, spoilers, sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, it, sound, it sounds like fun. Um, and th- the biggest thing I took away from this is, who are the Knights of Ren? Because now I am super interested in these guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's the, the crew from Rogue One. I think Jen, um, Bodhi Rook, and everyone uh, are gone. But... Uh, these Knights of Ren look totally awesome. Yes, they do. Uh, I also do not really buy into this theory much at all. I had somebody tell me about it, and I was like, eh, I'm pretty skeptical that this could actually happen. For one, because of what you said, they all are engulfed by flames of some kind, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a bomb or a grenade or the blast from the Death Star. They're all pretty much roasted. Uh, then again, Anakin Skywalker was you know, burnt alive by lava <laughs> and now he's Darth Vader. So I don't know you, if those are the same thing, but I don't either, but you know, just devil's sure. advocate. Um, but even if they somehow survived, uh, they're all, I mean, Jin is, or Jin or Bodhi, they're the youngest of 
mm-hmm. the Rogue One squad. Yeah. And they're mid to late 20s at the youngest. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, well, then they're going to go 30 years in the future. They'll be in their 50s to their 80s. Uh, how are they the yeah. assassin, like Knights of Ren group that Kylo is leading? Like that just doesn't make any sense. So I don't, I don't think it, it is any. It, I don't think it makes any sense at all. However, Felicity Jones says she has another movie on her contract. So is it possible? I highly doubt it. Uh, but if it did happen, I wouldn't be totally against it. Oh, uh, I might be. Cause it would I, depend on how they explained it. Sure. But I want these Knights of Ren to be something else. Yeah. Something that we haven't seen yet in Star Wars that could potentially, you know, spawn its own anthology yeah. movie. Uh, but uh, speaking of Rogue One, a uh, quick thought. Uh, the Vader's castle that we see in Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about how it's on Mustafar and mm-hmm. how, why Vader would choose that of all places to be kind of his lair. Yeah. And it got me thinking about Snoke for some reason. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we could that could potentially be his layer oh. in episode eight or nine? I would not be shocked uh, because Vader's castle in Star Wars lore is a huge deal. Uh, it used to be like on Vajoon where like it's like acid rain falling down and like it's it's like super cool to read <laughs> about. Uh, but putting it back on Mustafar, you're like in the place where he's been defeated. Uh, I don't know. It makes it creates that mythos, and if Darth Vader is his, you know, beloved or is uh, admired uh, like uh, by Kylo as, as such, I don't know if it's Snoke's lair, but I would not be shocked if we uh, if we see it again. Oh yeah, I you definitely know? think we'll see it again. Uh, but yeah, I just had that thought today because one of uh, somebody involved with Rogue One was talking about their the design they did for mm-hmm. the castle and how they have all these different ideas for like this section of the castle and this section, what the, these could all mean and hinting at potential more appearances from it. So yeah. just wanted to throw that out there. Um, we could maybe see it in the Boba Fett movie. Oh. However unlikely that may be. Probably not. Uh, but it appears that Disney and Lucasfilm are now once again considering to make Boba Fett the third anthology film uh, as my entertainment world relisted the Boba Fett standalone film as an active project. So do you think that this means or indicates that Boba Fett will be the third anthology film that comes out in 2020? I don't think it means that it will be, but we did a story on this earlier in the year about how close Josh Trek and everyone were to getting this thing off the ground. Uh, I, I think it would be foolish of them to just totally abandon the project. Don't you? Yeah, I think there's such a desire from fans, not necessarily me, but a lot of Star Wars fans want to see Boba Fett get his own movie uh, for various reasons. And after Rogue One did so well at the box office already, it's on track, I believe, to crack a billion. Uh, I don't think once that cracks a billion, Han Solo cracks a billion again. They're going to be like, you know, let's not do the one that everybody wants the most outside of the mm-hmm. Obi-Wan trilogy. So I think it's, I think it's going to happen whether it is 2020. I have no idea. Uh, I would love it. I'd love the 2020 film to be Obi-Wan <laughs> just cause I want to see you move back in that role do. so bad. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that both necessarily will be the 2020 film, but again, I wouldn't be really surprised if it actually was. No, I wouldn't be either. Um, 
in in terms of where they would go with it, uh, that would be very that, that would be like the sell point for me. Yeah. Uh, would you want it to be post Sarlacc pit or prior post, Empire Strike? Post Sarlacc, uh, because like even the description, and I wrote this article for Screen Rant, and like the description on My Entertainment World was about like Boba Fett. Like uh, this is probably not a legit synopsis, uh, but it's like Boba Fett will tell the origin of the famed bounty hunter and i'm like i hope not because i want to see him post sarlacc pit yeah i don't need to know how he got tangled up with jabba i just want to see him get out of the sarlacc pit and then be a bounty hunter for hire and just do random missions and i don't know like if if i'm going to get a boba fett movie uh that is the angle i think is more interesting than once again just Oh, we know where he ends. We know where he ends up. Let's show you how we got there. Right. Show yeah. me something that the possibilities are endless with how it could end. Exactly. Especially because there's this power vacuum left by Jabba now that he's gone. Yeah. So, uh, Boba Fett and company are gonna. I mean, it's gonna be a mad scramble to try to fix it, and that guy's gonna have, you know, so much weight behind him. But yep. uh, it's back on. I, I hope it stays on. Um, and as well like rogue one was yes uh, but we do have to talk about a little bit more in depth about the passing of carrie fisher uh who is next going to be appearing in episode eight uh and tmz uh fortunately reported that she had quote absolutely wrapped on the project uh and deadline followed that up by saying that she had a she is scheduled to have a larger role in this episode so do you how do you think Unfortunately, like we have to address it. How do you think her passing will affect episode eight and then the future of Star Wars? Uh, um, I mean, other than, you know, maybe she's wrapped on the film and everything. I don't think it's going to bother the movie that much other than maybe, you know, if there's he wants a sure shot. Ryan Johnson wants another shot. But, uh, I mean, the only thing I think it's going to change is just as soon as we see uh, the final credits, it's going to be probably Carrie Fisher's name up there oh, before yeah. we get, you know, the typical Star Wars, you know, ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, you know, I don't think it should alter the flow of episode eight at all. Even if Leia is scheduled to make it out of episode eight alive? Oh, in terms of nine? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. um, then it it leaves. Yeah, it does change a lot. Because then you can't like have you can't have her be involved in Kylo's story, which I'm assuming is going to bleed into Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's redemption or not, I'm guessing Leia is going to play or was going to play a major role uh, in figuring out what line he ends up on, where Ray goes, how the Resistance goes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this could, I mean, we don't know any, literally any plot details about episode eight. Uh, Leia could already be scheduled to die in the film. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the worst possibility, but it also, it'll feel weird mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, it would be, um, it would be, it'd feel actually kind of tasteless. Yeah. Um, uh, but then again, it's one of the scenarios where how do you just let Leia walk off into the sunset? Uh, the right way. I think that's where, because this movie is going to have reshoots at some point, pickup shots, whatever you want to call it. I think that's going to be the main focus will be, okay, how do we rework a scene, a couple of scenes to make it so Leia 
retires from the resistance or goes off onto another world, passes away, goes into hiding, does something where she'll never be heard of or heard from again. Yeah. Um, but it, it sucks because she is, they do say she's supposed to have such a, a larger role. Yeah. Um, you have to wonder if that'll be cut back at all. Um, and then, yeah, in episode nine, who she was supposed to come back reportedly according to deadline. Uh, so that movie is supposed to start productions sometime this year. Uh, how that affects the entire story that Colin Trevorrow was going to tell. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me, um, obviously me either. So uh, I just, I mean, I, it's not like you said, she has a larger role allegedly in this new film. I hope it, uh, you know, does uh, Carrie Fisher and uh, General Organa some justice. So. Yeah. As, as uh, long as it, they give her the right ending, I think everybody will be okay with it. But I mean, yeah, if they kill her off in a distasteful way or they just be like, Oh yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's previous examples on how you can kind of do this. Um, for most of them, they were at like the one I can think of immediately is Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. in mocking J part two. He passed, uh, during production or after pro- I think it was it was it was during production because then mm-hmm. they still had that fi- yeah. they were going to shoot that final scene and instead of him actually being there they just had Hamish give Katniss a card saying good luck I wish yeah. you the best and give all this stuff pitch. I won't be around anymore um, I don't know I don't again I, don't, I have no idea how they're going to do it but uh, I am confident that Lucasfilm will find a perfect way to send off one of the most iconic characters in cinema history yeah um but let's move on to uh not our list yet we have one more story uh and a very interesting one at that with the rap reporting this week that deadpool is going to be in logan what potentially uh but maybe not um their report initially said that New Deadpool 2 director David Leach had recently filmed a scene with Ryan Reynolds in secret that was supposed to be involved with Logan in some capacity, whether that means it's in the film or, as they speculated, it was just a post-credit scene. They had they could not get confirmation on, obviously. Um, but those reports were pretty quickly shot down by some reliable sources. Yeah, um, the most. That being... Uh, Logan director James Mangold, Logan himself, Hugh Jackman, and then Deadpool himself, Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. um, all going on tirades, basically saying this is definitely not happening. Uh, the rap is absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quick too. It was very. It was like within an hour, almost like an organized assault. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it started with I think Reynolds picking it up and saying no. I think it was I think it was mangled. Then he, Reynolds on then top, Reynolds, and, then and then Jackman. Hugh, yeah, like what they said. I think it's yeah. his exact uh, words yeah. too. Um, as fun as this sounds, to put two of the the best characters Fox has in the same film together, uh, regardless of where it is, I think it would distract away from the in, the intensity and the the so- somber tone that. Uh, Logan is carrying 
And uh, I mean, they did a Johnny Cash song in the first trailer. There's no room for Deadpool with Johnny Cash, you know? Yeah, I, I don't see when this report came out initially before it was debunked. I was like, how does this make sense? Unless it's a post credit scene. Mm-hmm. Post credit scene could make sense. They could do Deadpool. Maybe he is because, I mean, he doesn't die. So he would still hypothetically be around in the year 2040 something whenever this movie takes place. Yeah. Um, and he could just be kind of maybe he's aged a little bit. Maybe he's doing something and he crosses paths with Cable and then Cable. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's a way that Deadpool could be the post-credit scene to Logan. And it would make sense to lead into Deadpool 2 somehow. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any chance Deadpool actually appears in the film because it just, it just like you said, it doesn't fit the tone at all. Sure, no. they're both R-rated superhero movies, but Deadpool is a raunchy comedy and Logan appears to be just like a drama, story-driven, heartfelt story. Yeah. And that's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would, I just, I don't think this is happening at any chance. Uh, especially with everybody just going, nope, you are completely wrong, right. and, and I know it for a fact. <laughs> and the, I mean, the only way in my head I could get this to make sense is if, is if Hugh or Logan walks into a bar, and then there in the very farthest corner you right. see uh, Deadpool with a cowboy hat and like a trench coat, mm-hmm. and that's it. But yeah. it doesn't work. I don't think it fits. And like you said, they're both rated R, but they're completely different sides of the R spectrum. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think this is, there's any chance this happens, even if, I mean, that this whole reporting process has brought up a lot of like, okay, well, you know, Paul Rudd said the day before he was announced to be Ant-Man that he is definitely not Ant-Man. We all know how that turned out. Right. Uh, there's obviously cases of actors or directors lying to reporters to protect the story or surprises and stuff. But I've, I don't recall anything this emphatic, like, no, this is not true. Since, uh, the same guy reported this, uh, reported earlier this year, I believe that Marvel was star Lord's father in guardians two. And James Gunn said, no, that is not the case. I am so confident that it's not the case that I will give you $50,000 yeah. if it proves to be true of my own money. Um, so I don't, yeah, I just don't mm-hmm. think this is happening yeah. I mean, any chance. Yeah. I think Mangold even called it like the rap is dealing in like lies and fake, yeah. <laughs> fake news, I think is what he called it, yeah. uh, which isn't, yeah, uh, which is different from a rumor, but same thing. It was emphatic. But. Yes. But let's get to 2017. Uh, there is, if you've listened to the podcast last year, you know, there are a lot of movies that we are both very much looking forward to. Uh, and it made it very difficult to cut it down to just a single list. So we expanded it a little bit to do our top 15 most anticipated movies of next year. Uh, I'll start with honorable mentions. Then you'll do honorable mentions. Uh, I will do my 15 through 11. You'll do the same. Then 10 through 6. Then 5 through 2. And then we'll end with our number ones. Uh, so some honorable mentions for me uh, that just... Just missed out Justice League. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't put it in there. Um, I like the trailer, uh, but it did not blow me away. Uh, I am still worried that DC has not figured their plan out uh, and how to make these movies. Um, 
Okay. I was I was burned twice this year by BVS and Suicide Squad. <laughs> we all were. Um, yeah. I like Man of Steel, but I I'm not super confident that Zack Snyder and Jeff Johns are, you know, working the best together, and that relationship has already been perfected in six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I just don't. There's a, yeah uh, another one that I. If I knew just a little more about it, it might have been in there. Baby Driver. Uh, Edgar Wright's uh, next film stars Ansel Elgort, Jamie Foxx, um, and Elgort plays a getaway driver uh, for criminals, but he's deaf. So the whole – he has headphones in that plays songs throughout the entire film. (sighs) Uh, So Edgar Wright said they have like 30 to 40 like – high octane pop culture songs that he listens to to yeah. move the story along and stuff. Sure. And so I think that concept alone sounds <laughs> amazing and Wright Baby is Driver. is a great director. Um Cloverfield three, I yep. am a I, yep. I was a big fan of Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, I like Cloverfield a lot. Uh this is pretty much just based on the fact that it is a Cloverfield film and I like the cast a lot. Um uh two more then I'll hand over to you. Ghost in the Shell. Uh cannot get it in there. Um, I like the cast. I liked the trailer, but there was not enough to get it in there. And then the mummy, as well. Um, I'm sure it. I will like it. And I'm not. These are not to say I, I don't think these movies are worthy. Like they're just missing out on my yeah. being in my top fifteen. Um, but as of right now, that those are my honorable mentions for okay. 2017. Not bad. Um, let's. I'll go ahead and follow up with you on two. I did have Ghost in the Shell. It looks super high tech and awesome but i have more on 15 other movies right. that i'm excited for uh, uh cloverfield three you got that one right um but uh the two that i have different or three i have here is transformers the last night i it just have had a distaste for the transformers movies <laughs> uh never seen one i've seen like two minutes of the fourth one the third one the third one. Um, but the last night looks fantastic, but the, the hype still isn't there for me. Um, and then I have uh, murder on the Orient express. Uh, I haven't, we, we, we know nothing about this yet other than it has a fantastic cast, including Johnny Depp. Um, and uh, I love the book and I, you can make it whimsical. You can make it dramatic. And either way, I think it'll totally work. And then one um, final one for an honorable mention is Pitch Perfect 3. Uh, in love with those first two, Anna Kendrick is fantastic. We know Ruby Rose is joining yep. the crew. Um, and Haley Steinfeld has been nothing but incredible, uh, you know, just in terms of her music today and then appearing in Pitch Perfect 2. So. And Edge of 17. And Edge of oh, It is it so good. Oh, sorry. Okay. One more. No problem. Apologies. Uh, this one. I don't know if it's even started filming yet, but Downsizing. Uh, it's going to be directed by Alexander Payne, who did uh, The Descendants with George Clooney and Nebraska, but I haven't seen that. I think it was Oscar-nominated. Uh, but it has Matt Damon, Kristen Wiig, Alec Baldwin, Chris Waltz, and Neil Patrick Harris. So uh, it's a guy who just shrinks himself because he thinks life will be better that yeah. way. So I'm all about that. Uh, but I 
don't know anything about it to, you know, put it on a list. Yeah. All of those are, well, I've, I've not actually heard of downsizing. I think I'd maybe read something about the synopsis. I was like, that sounds weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have all, I mean, I have a long list more than just 15. Yeah. Um, like Power Rangers one I'm still looking forward to. I, I, I'm getting worried because we haven't seen anything but that first trailer and it comes out in March. That's true. Um, but as far as my actual top 15 most anticipated films of 2017, Coming in at number 15, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, even though this is not necessarily a movie made for me, uh, Disney's live action adaptations of their older movies have been knocking out of the park consistently. I am on a high from Jungle Book. Uh, I think the cast is just phenomenal uh, across the board. Uh, the marketing has been good. I'm very much looking forward to seeing this uh, when it comes out in the beginning of March, I think, or late February. Yes. Um, but it's going to be awesome, I'm sure. Uh, another one uh, that I'm very much looking forward to, Kong Skull Island. Uh, absolutely great marketing so far. Mm-hmm. The cast from Brie Larson to Tom Hiddleston to Samuel Jackson to... Uh, John C. Riley. Uh, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on uh, of just incredible actors that all are some of my favorite people working today. Uh, in a movie about Kong on an island fighting monsters, that's set in like the World War Two or Vietnam. Looks era. like Vietnam. Yeah. Um, it, it looks. It just looks so good. Um, another one that was very tough to keep out of the top ten: Wonder Woman. Uh, I've loved the marketing. Uh, but again, it's hard to get over for right now the DC worries that are within me. Um, I think if anything, this will be the one to turn it around. I think it'll pro- I'll probably like this one better than Justice League. You know, Justice League will probably be like the bit. He'll it'll obviously be the bigger movie. Totally. Um, but I mean, I liked Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in BVS. Uh, it's got Chris Pine, uh, like Patty Jenkins as the director. Um, then moving on to number 12, the Lego Batman movie. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, the Lego yeah. movie is so good. Uh, Will Arnett as Batman was one of the best parts of that movie. And now to see him get his own film with an incredible cast around him, like Rosario Dawson, uh, Michael Sarah as Robin, yes. uh, Ralph Fiennes as, um, uh, as Alfred, uh, and then like Zach Galifianakis is the Joker. I think there's so many great signs that this movie is going to be a lot of fun. The trailers have all been really fun, outrageous. Uh, they make a lot of jokes. So creative. Um, I think this is it's going to be another one of those special kid-friendly films that are just gonna are just gonna be such a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my last uh, for this section at number eleven, Logan. Uh, I talked about it a little bit ago without Deadpool um, and it's really because it's it's Hugh Jackman's last ride um, can't the miss the trailer it. the only trailer we've had so far was one of if not the best trailers that came out this past year um, I think yeah I it's agree. going like this movie depends I've said it multiple times before it it is totally latched to the ending if they nail the ending of this film and I am sobbing mm-hmm. because Hugh Jackman is no longer Wolverine because he's dead or if he does some super heroic act and then he retires whatever the case is as long as they nail the ending I will be 
happy. Uh, you get Patrick Stewart in there again as Professor X. I'm really interested to see uh, X-23 on the big screen. Uh, so that is my 15 through 11. All right. What do you have? So um, I'm kind of layered these in somewhat of a way of what I know and building my in- what I'm excited for. And starting at number 15 is Kingsman the Golden Circle. Okay. Yeah. We haven't seen anything other than like one or two set photos and some concept art, but we know the we know the added cast and it involves uh, Halle Berry, Channing Tatum, and then the terrific... Um, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Thank you. I was almost <laughs> lost it there. Uh, uh, and then there's these there's these teasers that we may be getting. You know, Colin Firth back, and that would make for a fantastic movie. Uh, I just thought that Taron Edgerton uh, was phenomenal in the first, and really looking forward to that uh, the follow up. I put Power Rangers at number fourteen. Um, the first trailer was great. Uh, different. A little too moody for me. I like the Breakfast Club ideas, but. They're going all out alien. I can't wait to see Brian Cranston in the lead, or not the lead, but as Zordon, <laughs> yeah. and then Bill Hader as Alpha 5, even though I'm super skeptical on his look. <laughs> but uh, I'm giving Max Landis a shot here. He was pretty ticked off that Ghostbusters didn't, he didn't get that. Well, uh, it's not necessarily his movie anymore. Sure. Because they hired, they hired him to do the script, mm-hmm. and then they're like, nope, this is, this is what we want. And then they fired him, and then they basically made chronicle as a power rangers movie <laughs> yeah that's true uh but i mean i just hope that whatever this was whatever it began as uh gets found out to be like that um but number 13 uh i can't believe it's all the way down here but war for the planet of the apes uh i i tried to get this in the top 10 but i just couldn't find find room for it um woody harrelson and andy circus going to war mankind versus militarized apes uh in this knockdown knockout drag out finale to the series possibly potentially hopefully not but uh what an ending i think that's gonna be um number 12 uh wonder woman looks absolutely epic chris pine and gal gadot look like they've got some good on-screen chemistry together fighting the not not technically nazis yet but the germans in world war one and seeing how that plays out for the dc universe so i think that could be super great um and then right after that justice league at number 11 um i'm really anxious to see ben affleck back as batman um seeing Ezra Miller as Flash because it seems like it's going to be forever till we see him, you know, again. <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited for that. J.K. Simmons is uh, Commissioner Gordon. Gordon, I think, is going to be great. And I I just think that all of those elements together can make for a really fun movie uh, that takes the best of Zack Snyder and the maybe the reinvention of... Um, you know, whatever this DCEU is going to be going forward. So that's my 15 through 11, most okay. anticipated. Yeah, I think the thing for me about Justice League, since you touched on it, uh, is because there's so many people involved, mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily confident that DC knows how to handle all of those individuals and work yeah. them in in an organic way. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Hopefully they prove me wrong because I want to love uh, Justice League. Same here. A lot. Um, but my number 10, going to the Marvel Universe, Thor Ragnarok, uh, I think it would be even higher on my list if we if we had seen something 
All we've had so far is just like Hulk's gladiator armor uh, on the floor of San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. like concept art of him and Thor battling together. Uh, I, I mean, Taika Titi is one of my favorite nude-ish directors uh, with, between Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Um, uh, in the Shadow, Hunt, or I don't, care, where, I don't remember what the movie's called. Okay. What, what, are we, what are we do in the shadows? Um, okay. Both great movies uh, and seeing him take his quirky, unique flavor to Thor, take him into the deep realms of outer space, pair him up with Hulk, bringing in Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, Jeff Goldblum as yes, the Grandmaster, uh, and then Kate Blanchett as the villain, uh, and then even um, Carl Urban as Scourge. I think this is all the makings, um, including you know you have Loki coming back with Tom Hiddleston, you have Odin coming back, you have a cameo by Doctor Strange, teasing the post credit scenes for Doctor Strange. There's so many reasons to be excited for this movie. Um, but moving to number nine, we talked about earlier with the trailer alien covenant oh, uh nice. i am a big fan of prometheus i like uh i'm a, another big fan of both alien and aliens uh ridley scott is fresh off of the martian as well uh, which i absolutely loved um it has a phenomenal cast across the board james franco just joined it surprisingly yeah him and danny mcbride um so i think that the in the first trailer was great so there's there's all the reasons for me to be interested in the film. Uh, number eight, uh, one that I think will probably be a little high on your list, is Dunkirk. Uh, Christopher Nolan's next film. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that this film is going to be amazing. Uh, and it'll probably be one of my favorites of next year. Uh, but because I've just been a little underwhelmed by the marketing, as sure. typical with Nolan for me, um, I couldn't put it as high up uh, as other films. Uh, but yeah, Nolan has a terrific track record. The cast uh, is phenomenal per usual. Uh, the plot sounds great. The trailer, uh, the footage we've seen has been interesting. Um, but number seven is one you mentioned earlier, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. I know uh-huh. we haven't seen anything, yeah. uh, which it was actually higher on my list, but it got knocked down a couple of steps because we haven't seen anything so far. And it got pushed back to October, which means we have to wait even longer to see it. Um but the first one is so good, so fun, so original, even though it's playing on the tropes of every other spy movie yeah. uh, in history. Uh, Matthew Vaughn is on a just incredible run right now between First Class and Kingsman. Uh, I've loved both of those. Uh, first Class maybe my favorite X-Men film. Um, the cast, like you said, between the returning cast and the new cast, there's so yes. many people that are just phenomenal uh i'm dying to see channing tatum joining this um, uh this universe it's gonna make the movie i think oh yeah and again similar with like with dunkirk or thor ragnarok if i'd seen if i've seen something for this it would yeah. be higher i know it um but because this next film i've actually seen something for uh i couldn't put it above my number six which is blade runner 2049 mm-hmm. uh the mar- the trailer for that was beautifully shot, even though it didn't give away much of the story. Uh, I like Blade Runner. I need to revisit it to, to kind of just catch up and refresh myself with uh, this lore. But the big selling point for me outside of the cast, which I like a lot, uh, between Jared Leto, Dave Bautista, Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, 
um, uh, not Connie Nielsen, uh, Robin Wright, Robin Wright. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so there's so many good uh, people attached to this, but the biggest one for me is Den, uh, Denis Villeneuve as the director, uh, fresh off Arrival, uh, fresh after coming off of Sicario, after coming off of Prisoners. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, he's just on it. He's just tearing through cinema right now, and he is one of my favorite directors working currently, and when it's all said and done, probably ever. Um, so there's absolutely no reason for me not to be pumped to see this film, uh, but I couldn't get it higher just because of attachments I have to other things that are yeah, higher up on I my list. You. So and what is your 10 through Number six? 10 I have coming in at, uh, this is the part of our, one of our closer ones, uh, Alien Covenant, uh, Catherine Watterson and Michael Fassbender, who I've really grown attached to across the year this year. Um, we talk, I talked about how creepy and how returning to it, you know, the feel of a horror movie, but also like a survival fest, but also, you know, a bit of a mystery uh, because they're on this really awesome planet uh, that reminds me of something out of like uh, Endor, only creepier <laughs> and filled with monsters that will eat you alive that you don't also want to simultaneously like hug and take home as pets. So uh, it'll be great to see the Xenomorph again, you know, stalking the halls of the Covenant, I believe mm-hmm. is the name of the ship. So um, I'm super excited about that. Uh, and then up next, I've got Kong School Island. Uh, you mentioned the cast. It was it was everybody that was my favorite this year is now in this movie. Uh, Samuel, John C. Riley. We got Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, who uh, is quickly rising up the uh the ranks there. I can't wait to see her get Marvel. But anyway, yeah. back to Kong. Uh, <laughs> this is setting up the the showdown between. King Kong and Godzilla, and uh, I don't think it could do it any better than what I've seen, unless the entire final part of it is just botched. But right. it looks two trailers in, it looks uh, fantastic. Um, and then, uh, so finally getting to the Marvel movies here, and I want to say this: going forward, any one of these could probably crack like the top five, uh-huh. uh, and that's Thor Ragnarok. Uh, you mentioned Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster, which is probably what I'm most excited for in this movie. Uh, the guy is just, he just exudes jazz and fun. And even though he got caught up in the, the awfulness that was uh, aliens, resur- not aliens, but uh, Independence, Independence Day, Day. resurgence, um, he's, still, he's, still, he's still near and dear to my heart. You mentioned Kate Blanchett taking Hela as the, the villain, uh, Carl Urban as the uh, the death master or something like that. He's, what is it? He's Scourge the Executioner. Scourge the Executioner. <laughs> awesome name. And then there's Anthony Hopkins, who I don't know how much of him is going to be in this, but the man, just his English accent just speaks to me <laughs> in ways that uh, I, I, it's hard to describe. Um, so number seven, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And like like I said, going forward, any one of these could be like probably number one. Um it looks fun. It's returning us to the misadventures of Star Lord and Company, Baby Groot. Oh my goodness! Uh, can't believe how how they're utilizing him and how fun <laughs> that's going to be between him and Rocket, like parenting a kid, like uh, watching. Um, not Matthew McConaughey, Kurt Russell. Not even Kurt Russell. The other guy. Which guy? Star Lord. 
a rocket bradley cooper bradley cooper you know <laughs> do, deal with that so i think that's going to be totally great uh and then number six my last one right yes um logan hugh jackman's final ride you talked about the emotional stakes that this movie's gonna you know be carrying forward uh it, it Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, this loner trying to take care of a kid throughout the movie is going to be crazy. The action, um, Boyd Holbrook is the villain, looks so awesome. I I, uh, I am so stoked. I, I expect to, you know, need a tissue more than once throughout this movie. Uh, and that's it. There we okay. go. Uh, so that leads to my number five is the one you talked about a little bit ago, War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I am a massive fan of the previous two films uh, and the fact that Matt Reeves is back. The trailer looked like one of the best war movies I've seen in recent memory, yeah. uh, even though ha- over 95% of the characters are CG because mm-hmm. there's just so many apes. Um, you have Andy Serkis back as Caesar. He is more evolved. He can speak. He is leading an ape army against Woody Harrelson, who looks like a great villain. Uh, there's, it is just so good, uh, that I have no doubt in my mind that this movie is just going to blow me away, uh, when it comes out in July, I believe. Yep. Um, so absolutely looking forward to that one. Uh, number four, John Wick chapter two. Uh, so, oh, didn't so didn't even make good. it on my list. You left John Wick off your list? I know. <laughs> I was trying to take the long view of things. I, it's so... It, it's it's what two months from now, right? Yeah, it's super uh, soon. Well, all right, John Wick. Okay, why? the reason it's number four. A, the first one was Absolutely. amazing. Mm-hmm. One of the best action films I've seen in recent memory. Preach it. Uh, from the not only the action but just the emotional story that it has is oh. so shocking. Yes. Um, that I don't want to spoil for anybody who's not seen it. If you have not, check it out because it is just you will be rooting for this killer mm-hmm. for the next hour and a half after the first 10 minutes of the film. Um, and then for this one, they've upped the cast again. You have a matrix reunion um, yeah. with Lawrence Fishburne coming yes. back. You got Ruby Rose coming in as a mute assassin. Common is in here as well as an assassin, which mm-hmm. is super interesting. Um, I'm interested to see what Chad Stileski can do as a solo director. Now that David Leach is taking over Deadpool but the marketing already has blown me away. The fact that it comes out so soon is another reason why it's, I'm so hyped for it right now is because it, it's right around the corner. Yeah. I have to just get through Oscar, a little bit of Oscar season, then the terrible end of January where nothing good comes out. And then I've got, right. I've got John wick, uh, perfect way to spend Valentine's day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but moving to number three, then, uh, going back to Marvel, Spider-Man homecoming, uh, the the reason it's so high is largely based on Captain America Civil War and the sample size we got of Peter Parker yeah. and Spider-Man and that. Maybe that's a difficult position to judge it off of since it is so little, but at the same time, both the first trailer and the international trailer I liked a lot. Um, and I think Tom Holland is the best after this movie, I think I'll be able to safely say he's the best Spider-Man and Peter Parker we've ever seen on the big screen. Uh, whereas I think Andrew Garfield may have been the best Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker than Spider-Man. Yeah. I think Tom Holland is the perfect 
combination of everything. Yes, that's, that's um, the best way to say it. And outside of him, I mean, again, Michael Keaton as the villain. Uh, another reason to be pumped for it, you have Rob Downey Jr. coming in as Iron Man, uh, bringing these two worlds that we never thought we would see together on the big screen together. Uh, I'm excited to see Zendaya, if she is MJ, if she's not. Uh, the rest of the young cast, like Tony Revolori as Flash Thompson, who we've seen really nothing from, but I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, so there's no reason for me that I should not be excited for this. Yeah, it is very close to cracking my top two, but the top two are such heavy hitters that I have a pre-established connection to uh, that I could not rightfully put Spider-Man above either one. Oh, man. Um, which okay. leads me to my number two. Yeah. Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah. Um, okay. It is, it is such a tight battle, and if, if you look at all the movies we've covered, you can probably guess my number one. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one you already covered. But it's... If, the, if we had seen a teaser after Rogue One, or even if we knew the title, or if we had seen anything... <laughs> I love I it. If think, we knew the title. Yeah, I think Episode 8 could leapfrog and be my number one. Uh, but as of right now, coming fresh off the Guardians 2 trailers, which Baby Groot is hilarious. Mantis. Adorable. I'm super excited to see her. Kurt Russell as a freaking talking planet. Uh is something I never thought I'd want to see, but now it's all I want to see. Um, the f- and Guardians is just one of my favorite Marvel movies. I think it's mm-hmm. one of their best, strongest. James Gunn's coming back, as well as the returning cast. Uh, why am I talking about Guardians? <laughs> How because I switch? it's so hard to get to eight. <laughs> anyways, yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, wait, <laughs> we don't know anything yet. Somehow, yeah, but episode eight, anyways. Why it's my number two? Uh, <laughs> spoiled some stuff on accident, but. Episode eight, we don't know any spoilers. We don't know anything about it. So it's true. But Ryan Johnson, I'm a big fan of him as a director coming yeah. off of Looper. Uh, obviously, the returning cast I fell in love with mm-hmm. in episode seven. Uh, it's Star Wars, which gives it an extra boost because I'm, I'll be interested to see any Star Wars movie that comes out, no matter what it is, even if it is Boba Fett or something. Um, but yeah, if I'd, if I'd seen something, it would jump. Guardians, which I, <laughs> yeah, I kind no, of I already <laughs> leaked to that. It's my number one, but we'll talk more in depth yes. a little bit. What What are your uh, five through two? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, picking up where you or you were, uh, Spider Man Homecoming um, is made it, made it in at number five for all of the reasons you said. Michael Keaton is the villain, the vulture, the vulture who looks like the like the best modern day adaption of a common superhero on Earth. Let's ignore the space people. Okay. Um, I think it's I think it's incredible. Michael Keaton's gonna kill it as being another Birdman, <laughs> and uh, the thing I'm so excited for though is the coming of age Avengers story that they've got here. Robert Downey Jr. is gonna be the the father figure here, and uh, you know, and what we know that Tony Stark isn't isn't really all about that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they play off of each other uh, going forward. And Spider-Man's my my favorite Marvel character. Uh, and I do agree with you. I think Tom Holland's is the perfect combination of all of them. Uh, I'm going to miss the, the sarcasm that Andrew Garfield had, but I think they got it down 
uh, for Tom Holland's uh, version. Number four is something we don't know anything about yet, but I'm just super excited for it. And it's a musical. It's The Greatest Showman okay. on Earth. It's slated for December 25th. It's going to star uh, my man, Hugh Jackman, and uh, my other man crush, I guess, Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't know if it's because I'm on this like Hamilton high and I just love music, but Hugh was also great in Less Miserables or however the correct pronunciation yeah. <laughs> of it is or sounds. Uh, but it's going to tell the Ringley brothers story about uh, their, I mean, building the circus or their rise to fame from the circus. And I think it could be really great. So um, I'm super excited for that. Uh, number three, uh, Dunkirk. Uh, you mentioned that, I mean, you knew it was coming eventually here, but uh, Christopher Nolan is my, is, uh, I mean, he's he's like tied now for one of my favorite directors. Uh, he it's going to be his first character-driven story that doesn't have any superstar power in it. I mean, he cast Fiona Whitehead and Harry Styles. And, yeah. Uh, we're going to see Mark Rylance appear. We're going to see Tom Hardy, who, by the way, is a part of the Spitfire, which is the British Air Force. Not the German Luftwaffe. So he is on the good. He okay. is. He is on the Oof. Allied powers. So thank goodness for that. I didn't want to have to root against him getting shot <laughs> yeah. down or anything like that. And it looks, it looks, the early early looks of it look magnificent. Um, I think it's going to put him up for you know some serious Oscar contention going forward. Um, and I really and, then, and mostly that's really what I want from this. But uh, I love war movies, and I think it's going to be gripping and. Uh, tell a story about an undertold or, you know, a really mundane thing that happened. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, number two, this was really hard for me to put it here again, but it's star Wars episode eight. Whoa. Yes. Uh, and it's because like you said, we don't know a whole lot, but Ryan Johnson who did looper with, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt and Bruce Willis was, was fantastic. He took a concept and made the movie about that concept, but you never see it again. Like, and I love, mm-hmm. I love that idea. Like the, it was, he makes the premise so mundane to the characters that they're only worried about what's happening now and didn't try to tie it into a larger picture. And I loved that part of it. Um, but like you said, the, we're getting a returning cast of characters. We're going to see Benicio del Toro appear <laughs> in about that. some, in some oh. capacity, maybe a Knight of Ren, hopefully as an aged Boba Fett who is out oh, for man. vengeance on somebody in the resistance. That would be amazing. Um, mostly my head is running towards, you know, uh, seeing Luke back on screen. Yeah. Um, and then I'm inventing a Finn and Poe adventure in this, you know, uh, whatever they're going to be up to while Ray's, you know, uh, learning at his feet. So, I, I, yeah. Um, and then obviously it's going to get a little, you know, a little sad near the end. But once you know that sets in about Carrie being gone. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay, that's that's my number two. Wow, I'm shocked that episode A is not your number one. I, honestly. Uh, yeah. But uh, my number one. As uh, pretty much stated before, it's Guardians of the Galaxy I Volume Two. You earlier, but you were just uh, were so stoked. I was just like, I honestly have, I have no idea how I trans like how I transitioned from Episode Eight to Guardians. You, you said if you you know what my number one's going to be if you weren't listening to me, and then and then you started talking about why you put this one above Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so for all those reasons I stated before, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, I think. 
has a shot to be probably i think it'll be the best superhero movie of 2017 obviously since i think it, i have this high um i think it'll probably make the most money uh, maybe justice league will push it uh, over the top but i mean guardians made 750 something worldwide in august now it's coming out in the beginning of summer it's i mean it's it's one of the crazy enough it's one of the biggest like franchises now yeah uh a property that nobody knew about three years ago all of a sudden is the movie i'm looking forward to the most most obscure yeah i mean it, it is it is shocking but at the same time i don't think it would be the same without james gunn it's james gunn and his magic i think that have made this work and marvel letting him do whatever he wants uh hopefully he will be back for a third one which will without a doubt happen um but yeah I, I, there's a plethora of reasons to be excited for this movie i stayed most of them before so that is my number one most anticipated film of 2017 all right well i think you probably know what's coming here but uh i didn't know this guy's name until this year i've seen both of his movies blown away by them but you know, other than that, I was like, oh, it's a great movie. I loved it. Emily Blunt was fantastic in this movie. <laughs> like, so kick butt. Uh, but then I learned Dennis Villeneuve's name in the run-up to Arrival, uh, mainly because it was getting Amy Adams' Oscar buzz. And I was like, okay, you know, this is going to be interesting. I go see it. And completely, completely blown away. It, it's probably too early to say, but, you know, it's going to be in the echelon of movies uh, come recap season. And so Blade Runner 2049 um, is my number one most anticipated. We've seen a bit of it. We know about the casting with Ryan Gosling, Harrison freaking Ford back as Deckard, <laughs> uh, Robin Wright, who is phenomenal in House of Cards. I, and just whatever role she plays in this going forward is going to be crazy awesome. And then, you know, for better or for worse, Jared Leto's in there, but... I think he could, I think if he's a replicant or whatever he may turn out to be, he's going to add some of the Jared Leto, whatever, <laughs> whatever Jared Leto is, he's going to add it to it. Uh, but I, I am so excited for this movie and I don't know if it's because Harrison's in it or if it's Ryan Gosling, but uh, it looks, it looks creepy. It looks, or not creepy, but it looks eerie. It looks like, we're not going to know a whole lot of what's going on. We get to explore, you know, the future again with these guys. And uh, I really think, I really think this is going to be one that people look back on and say, sequels usually suck. But not this one. But not this one. Yeah. Especially not this one. And then we'll see the third one and be like, you know what? They did it, they did it right. They did I, it right. So. I mean, on that point, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, my top seven are all sequels of next year. Really? In some capacity. Oh, the only one in my top 10 that's not is Dunkirk. That's the only non-sequel film in my top 10. Mm, yeah. Um, and even going further, I mean, Lego movie, the Lego Batman movie is technically a spinoff. Wonder Woman is a start of a new franchise, um, but we've seen her before. I mean, I think 2017, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, yeah. is going to be a year that sequels are going to dominate not only the box office but i think they are lined up to actually be really good movies and mm -hmm. after a 2016 year that was filled with 
terrible sequels that were long awaited that nobody actually wanted. Yeah, some and were then awful. giant blockbuster films that were big disappointments. I right now believe 2017 will be the saving grace <laughs> and I think 2016 has not been a terrible year for movies. No. There have been a lot of great independent films that are not nearly as widely known to regular people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to that whenever we do our 2016 recap, probably around Oscar season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think 2017 has shaped up very nicely. Uh, but before we get out of here, a uh, friend of the show, Colton Leak D., uh, we put out on Twitter to send us your top 10 lists or your favorite, hey. the movies you're looking forward to next year. He sent me his, so we'll talk about his real quick. Uh, number 10, he had Justice League. Number 9, Thor Ragnarok. Number 8, War for the Planet of the Apes. Number 7, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number 6, Logan. 5, Kingsman of the Golden Circle. 4, Spider-Man Homecoming. 3, Blade Runner 2049. 2, Dunkirk. And 1, Star Wars Episode 8. Hey, we both on the same page with Guardians there. Yeah, I know. I do. I, l- I like his top 3. Yeah. Totally on board with that. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by his top 4. I'm a little surprised Kingsman's so high. Um, and that he actually included Justice League, yeah, because uh, he is a <laughs> he's been a vocal critic. <laughs> he is a, especially of Zack Snyder. Um, he does he is not a fan at all. But uh, if you're interested in uh, his style, make sure you check back to our summer recap. Yes, uh, videos and also or podcast Ep- episodes. Sorry, yes. episodes. Yes, uh, uh, with him on there, and then also our. Star Wars preview. Yes. Rogue One. Really uh, great. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have him on again throughout 2017. Yes. Maybe for a couple of reviews. Maybe Dunkirk since he is such a Nolanite uh, at heart. Uh, but that's really it. That's all we got for uh, twenty, the first episode of 2017. Yeah. Um, but since we are recording on New Year's mm-hmm. Eve, I guess, not New Year's, I thought it'd be fun to do some resolutions of our own um, related to movies. Um, if you have any, the one I have for my movie resolution going through the podcast and just watching movies and rating them and whatever. Sometimes I think I can get swayed by other people's opinions. Be like, Oh, I really like this movie, but most people would give it this rating. So I'm going to go right here and pretty much line up with the general consensus. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that has been that has worked for good movies that I've maybe have not given as good of a grade to as I maybe actually feel. And it has also worked for bad movies where I maybe am a little generous uh, because like oh well, Zoolander two made me laugh twice, right. so I, it, it gets three ticket stubs. Yeah. Um, definitely wouldn't keep that anymore. <laughs> just upon reflection, or like Jason Bourne, or uh, I mean, like I gave. Uh, uh, Huntsman I think 1.5 and that still seems generous mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so I for 2017 my resolution uh, is just to be more of a consistent critic and let my own opinion uh, shine through yeah I hear you um, I mean as soon as you posed this to me before we started here I mean I immediately wrote down don't read the reviews yeah uh, I don't I want I want to be honest with you guys. I don't want to be swayed by you know uh, an opinion that I someone's opinion that I like, but and then be forced to go into a movie and 
try to align with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I think I'm maybe guilty of that, you know, prior to like Rogue One. Uh, maybe I, it's pro- pro- very possible. Um, but also, I have a movie watching resolution. Okay. That uh, I'm going to get through the Alien and Alien versus Predators. Uh, through 2017? Films through 2017, as painful as it may be, but it, I'm going to get it done. It'll it'll start. I mean, you've seen the you've seen the first one. Seen the first one. So it'll it'll start off pretty great for the first two, then a dip for three, really dip for four, and I've not seen Alien vs Predator either one. Uh, so I cannot speak to how terrible movies they are, but I expect them to be absolutely terrible when I watch them. I do know to expect an awesome, some awesome Arnold parts in the Predator films because I've never seen those. Oh, the I think, I think Predator is fun, just because of Carl Weathers and that's right uh, <laughs> the team up and they're just his poor arm. They're, they're, they're opening first time they meet. They do the big bicep clinching. You know, handshake, and it's just like this is this is great. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cheesy, but it, it's awesome. Um, I I, I hated Predators two, or just, I think it's just, it's just Predators. Mm-hmm. Not seen Predator three, whatever it's called. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm looking forward to watching a lot of movies. I I'll probably try to watch even more than I did this year, and I don't know if that's even possible. It is possible because this was definitely my most watched film year. Yeah. I thought I loved movies before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got in, I think, uh, 70 films that came out in 2016 Snap. this year from theatrical releases to then like checking them out on Redbox mm-hmm. or Netflix in some capacity. Um, I don't, I mean, it's New Year's Eve, so I'm not going to watch any more movies I don't think that have come out this year that I haven't already seen unless I go watch Fences mm-hmm. <laughs> by myself tonight, yeah. uh, which is not likely to happen. So. I mean, that's definitely the most I've watched in a single year in terms of theatrical, like calendar year releases and then just watching movies all the time and TV shows. Um, It's one of the joys of the podcast. It's like, oh, I have to go watch this movie because we're going to talk about it. Yes, the excuse is there. Yes. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed 2016. At some point, we will do a 2016 recap as everybody else is doing right now, but we Mm -hmm. thought... Let's we'll get ahead of the curve a little bit. Do 2017 anticipated. We will wait to see some more uh, films because we still have not seen La La Land uh, or like Moonlight or Patriots Day or there's a lot of Oscar buzz films that we either haven't had time to see or don't have access to, which are most likely the case. We don't have access to them yet. Um, So once we do, and probably once around the time Oscar nominations come out. we will do a 2016 recap, give our favorite films of the year, maybe come up with a few awards of our own um, to give out to people that we think are deserving of winning an award from the Friends of Film podcast, which they will not recognize in any capacity. <laughs> but uh, if you enjoyed this episode we'll and this whole year at the podcast, uh, please let us know. You can uh, follow us on Twitter and everything else at Friends and Film. Uh, if you do so, you'll see updates on the podcast. You'll find movie news or articles we're going to talk about on the show next time and maybe some polls, some other random stuff as well. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Coops underscore Hoops. And you can follow me, Josh, at Just Joshua Ryan. And if you enjoy this episode, please head over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review with comments. Uh, we really appreciate those. It lets other people find us easier. Uh, so if you enjoy the podcast and you're not telling other people to listen, 
then you giving us a review can help a stranger find us and hopefully be a friend of the show as well. Uh, and then again, if you liked it, go share it on social media, whatever platform you want to do so, or just go tell your neighbor to listen to us or put the earbuds into a random stranger's ear and make them listen to the show, whatever you have to do. <laughs> um, but uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, we don't know what we're going to review next week because it's Oscar ish season mm-hmm. still. So we're either going to review a really terrible brand new release, yes. which I really don't want to do, or we will catch up on an Oscar film that is just getting to us in Indiana or we'll watch fences or mm-hmm. we'll see something else, uh, review that, but you'll have to tune in next week to find out. Uh, but Josh, any last words? Thanks for stopping by everybody. Thanks again for tuning, tuning in to the friends of film podcast. Uh, tune in next week to find out what we are going to be reviewing and happy new year. <laughs> <laughs>